0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's AEW Weekly Wrap-Up. We are talking about a phenomenal episode of Dynamite with an incredible main event and a phenomenal episode of Rampage with an almost debatably even more phenomenal main event. So, I don't know, we're going to talk about those two matches, so much in between, so much to get into, so we are going to get right into all of that right after this. AEW to dominate. One, Nobody is going to take this away from me. This is mine once again. D. D-, D-, D. D- I promise you guys I'm going to have a new intro soon enough. Things are different. Things are ever changing in the world of AEW. We've got Ring of Honor going on now and so much more, so Things have got to change. The uh, the intro has got to change. You know, although CM Punk's still on top, Britt Baker is obviously not our women's champion anymore, but you know she will still be included in that new one. So I promise I will get right on that and we will try to stay current here on the uh, unofficial WWE podcast. But with all that being said, guys, hi, how are you? Hope you've had a great week. I'm so pumped to talk about this week in, in uh, AEW with you guys because what an incredible week of pro wrestling we got to witness. Uh and you know what I want to start off with the last thing that I watched and that was the main event of Rampage which was John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta. And listen, I know Rampage is kind of the B show, but I will say that um Tony Khan, although for all that he's for all of the Twitter stuff he was all about this week, uh he he knows what he's doing, guys, and he uh talked about, you know, blowing up a little bit more Rampage, making it a bigger deal. We're getting a Texas Deathmatch on rampage soon coming up for the championship we're going to talk about that later but this main event john moxley versus wheeler Yuta. first and foremost guys wheeler yuda a star was born apparently i heard on uh, reports that tony khan came out after the show and just said you know what like a star was born tonight in wheeler Utah. and he absolutely was the crowd was he was so over and he guys the Best Bleeders Club. You guys know it. We got uh, The Bunny is leading the charge in it. And uh, and a couple other people too. We have some really good bleeders in pro wrestling. Wheeler Yuta has made it onto the list, guys. CM Punk is on there too. He's he's joining a list of names as The Bunny and CM Punk. So I uh, I um, congratulate the guy as one of the best bleeders in pro wrestling. Because he was drenched in his own blood. And John Moxley ended up being drenched in his blood. And you know what? Before I forget... Cause I'm gonna talk a lot about Wheeler Yuta. I want to put over John, John motherfucking Moxley. Uh, oh my gosh, guys, the facial expressions at the end of the match were so good. So if you haven't seen this show, excuse me, if you haven't seen this match, if you didn't watch Rampage at all, because I know it is kind of more of the B show, and some of you probably don't have time. Like I, I barely have enough time to fit in the amount of wrestling I watch every week. So if you didn't have enough time and you still want to, if you, if you, if you weren't able to watch Rampage. Pause this review, go watch Rampage, then come back to it, of course. We'd like you back here. Uh, And if you're new here, by the way, welcome. Thank you for choosing this podcast to listen to. Thanks for choosing the unofficial WWE podcast, and thanks for choosing this specific podcast. But yeah, go watch Rampage first and foremost, guys, and then come back and listen to this because this was a Rampage you do not want to miss, specifically for this main event Think about this guys. Think about the downward like they these guys were up against the battle. Considering that main event on Dynamite. That crowd by the way in Boston was incredible. There are some crowds that are just that just like the beach ball crowds and uh, and most Philadelphia crowds and stuff, but this crowd in Boston like wins an award for being so so into this show. I'm really, really excited for them to go over to the West Coast to hear how over AEW is in the West Coast and how excited so many of those fans are going to be to be able to finally see this show uh, live. Because I'll tell you, AEW Live is this experience in itself. But I'm going off topic here. I want to talk about John Moxley's facial expressions. At the end of the match, the way he put over Wheeler Yuta, like, oh my God, who is this you know what, like, who is this guy who just kicked out of my finishing maneuver, who's bleeding like a stuffed pig, I'm beating the literal crap out of, who got out of the bulldog choke, who literally took everything in my system to put away, like, he had this shocked face of respect. In the beginning, when they went back and forth, uh, Mark Henry, you know, doing his little thing, which, by the way, is so over too, and I, I say it with him every single time, uh, but yeah, John Moxley saying, It's not my job to respect you and then at the end of the match, showing him the respect, the crowd was literally chanting, Shake his hand. Shake his hand. I could go through this match. There were so many awesome, awesome moments, but really, uh the dive Wheeler really Yuda hit on the floor during the entrance just to start this whole thing off with a freaking bang uh the two going back and forth with punches to the face and chops just like beating the living hell out of each other and when Wheeler Uda drove John Moxley and put him through the table oh my gosh like what a spot sometimes the table just breaks and it's so satisfying you guys and sometimes it doesn't break and that's kind of satisfying in its own weird sick way if you're just like weird like me but no, the table broke perfectly. The splash was perfect. And then again, the entire time Wheeler Yuta just bleeding his ever loving brains out was unbelievable. But adds so this is when color adds so much to a match. I would say that this I'm gonna go there, guys. I'm gonna this color in this match added more to the match to me than I don't know if you're gonna follow this, than it did with Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, and their famous match as well, where Dustin Rhodes literally bleated like a stuffed pig, uh, not to steal Jim Ross's reference there. But yeah. And then when Danielson and Regal come out, they're showing Wheeler U to the Expect. I assume, you know, the crowd is chanting, shake his hand. I or I thought it was like, let him in at first. And I was like the fiend. No, but um, I, I assume we get Wheeler Uta joining the Blackpool Combat Club, and I am all for it. And you know what? Speaking of Blackpool Combat Club, let's go to the first match here on Rampage. We had uh, Danielson versus Trent Beretta. And you know, guys, these guys were also fighting an uphill battle. They were wrestling a match right after the uh, the incredible main event on Dynamite that we're going to talk about next Uh. But I thought they did a great job of getting the crowd into this by doing such a smart thing where right off the back, guys, right off the back, these guys started uh, going at it and throwing their bombs in the beginning, right? With the uh, suplex that happened after the suicide dive, Uh, Trent Perretta, when he hit the steel steps, looked really, really, really bad, just like a bad bump. And Brian Danielson just somehow being a heel that gets cheered in a weird way. Uh, he's doing his jumping jacks. He's doing all the Brian Danielson things that he does so well. Yeah, I really thought this one was just uh, a really good match to kick off such an incredible rampage. So, Blackpool the Pon- Blackpool Combat Club, a plus for the week in uh, AEW for me. And you know they cut a cool promo where John Moxley talked about it cracking bones, cracking with thunder and blood raining i thought it was a little bit cheesy but you know what john moxley can get away with a little bit cheesy because he's so cool and so is this blackpool combat club I, i think john uh william regal called it like rampage as well or he called dynamite rampage and i don't know it doesn't matter long story go away william regal on commentary adds so much to his insights and i think taz i feel like you don't need both of them is the only thing i will say like I, I feel like they're going a little bit too overboard with the explaining of all these different moves. I, I liked it when it was just mostly Taz doing it and having William Regal and Taz. Maybe this is a hot take, but them kind of going over each other. It it just was a little bit too much for me. Like, I, I, I get it. It's pro wrestling, but I don't need every little thing explained to me. Uh, however, it just felt a little forced. That's all I'll say. So... All right, let's talk about Dynamite, though, and let's talk about that main event because that's what everybody is talking about leaving this week in AEW. (sighs) FTR versus the Young Bucks, guys. Somehow, someway, I'll say this. I don't think this is the best match they could put on. I still don't think that this was the best match that these guys could have put on because guess what? They have to have the third one. Uh, But this was obviously for the uh, AAA Tag Team Championships and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Again, I talked about that Ring of Honor match last week. Uh, If you did not go see it, go watch it. I I said already last week to go watch it, but if you're a crazy person you didn't listen to me, go watch it right now. I actually probably enjoyed that match against the Briscoes, maybe even a little bit more just because I felt like I don't know. I, I just, I like the style of it a little more, but this was incredible too. And the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks do not have a match that's worse than like a solid eight out of 10. So this was like their nine out of 10 for me. I feel like they don't, let me put it this way. They don't go, go below a seven out of 10. Uh, you know, they had that great match with Top Flight on Rampage last week, I think it was. And uh, and this week was no different. These guys show up and show out, right? Expectations were high for this match, but somehow, some way, these guys still manage to exceed them uh the beginning with uh Jax Harwood blowing in the uh, blowing into uh the streamers or whatever blowing his nose into the streamers I was like I like I think I really like big banter uh FTR like I think I never thought I'd like FTR as baby faces and I'm really digging it uh I think they just like they fight for their families and they fight for pride and like what's not to like about that and they just do a little less cheating now uh, obviously, there was the low blow in this match, and a lot of cheating by the young bucks. But uh, like, even when um, even when Dax took the headband, put it in his pants, and then threw it right at Mac Jackson, I think about I don't know if anybody else had this thought, and it might seem so silly. I'm, I'm talking so fast, and I'm so because I'm just so hyped about this match. I really love. It. I'm gonna go back and watch this after this. I feel like <sighs> slow down, right? Uh, when Matt Jackson, or when he threw the headband at Mac Jackson. That could have gone so – like, that could have – it just was so perfect. Like, everything was going for this match. Like, just a little bit off. You could, Have you ever tried to, like, throw a headband? It's like trying to throw toilet paper. It's not – it doesn't have the density to, like, like – it's not like throwing a ball at someone. And it hit him so perfectly right in the face. So I really, really thought that was awesome. And the crowd erupted for this hot tag. Like the hot tag to Dax Harwood was, was indeed exactly what it's called. It was hot. And you don't get all those anytime. you know, all the time at least. But FTR is so slowly but surely. I, I thought we were seeing a slow Young Bucks babyface turn and maybe that's still happening, but it's just taking its sorry time and we're just getting little seeds planted here and there. But FTR's babyface turn so far is taking the cake for me. Uh, There was a really good part where Jax Harwood starts to fake out Mac Jackson during the exchange when they're going back and forth with fists. And then he drops him with a beautiful, bone-crunching, neck-breaking pile driver. Not actually neck-breaking because they're safe workers, but oh my gosh, I cringed and I cringed and I cringed. Uh, and then the finish to this match was just absolutely incredible with the, uh, kick out of the beat. Well, not kick out, excuse me, the foot on the ropes, to the BTE trigger and the one, two, three, and then the crowd being like, no, 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 no. He had his foot on the rope and the referee, like I loved, I love that spot. And as long as they don't overdo stuff like that, it works so well. Somehow guys, the young bucks managed to do this every single freaking time. I don't know what they do, I don't know how they do it, but they manage to have these great finishes to all of their matches, and they're always fairly, like, not original necessarily, but they're not overdone. Uh, And then the ending to this match with the kisses to the cheeks from FTR and then hitting him, obviously, with the big rig and getting the one-two-three. I was rooting for FTR, and I never thought I'd be so behind. Like, one of the greatest heel tag teams in the game now somehow is one of the greatest babyface tag teams in the game, so... Uh, I thought this was really, really, really awesome. And, you know, I could I could go and do an entire podcast on this main event. But let's switch gears over here, over to the women's division. And let's talk about this, like, low-key, uh, I don't want to call it a banger because I don't think it was, but it was definitely, it definitely over-delivered. And that was the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament qualifying match between Hikaru Shida and Julia Hart. And then we could talk about the one on Rampage as well. Listen, guys. I thought this was going to be like a three-minute match. Karashita come, comes away with it. I, I didn't expect much from Julia Hart. However, what do you know? Julia Hart sending the varsity blonde to the back, and really being a little bit of a cheater in this match. I like the black makeup. I never thought. I'm not into the spooky stuff much, guys. I'm not. I'm not a fiend lover. I'm, I'm. Doesn't Alexa Bliss doesn't do it for me. Like a lot of this stuff, and and a lot of the spooky stuff in the House of Black. If you remember, Mary Grader and I going back and forth talking about this stuff. It doesn't really do it for me, but I'm digging every now and then. Like some weeks they get it for me and some weeks they don't. And this week it hit for me. This slow turn of Julia Hart. I just let her join the group already is what my thought was. But you know what? After this week, I'm down to just enjoy the ride because I thought she wrestled really well in this. I thought she did a really good job of... Being more subtle, like, I just didn't think she'd have the prowess to be able to pull this off. She's so young and so new to this. But somehow, some way, guys, like, she's got some acting skills. So I give her all the credit in the world. And obviously, akarashita coming away with the win for this. And then Serena Deeb, you knew she was coming from behind, right, when they do that close-up camera shot. We're all pro wrestling fans. We've all seen it a million times. However... As cheesy as it was with the face-off, I'm just happy that we're getting some attention on this. And even if it feels like they're trying to make it a little bit bigger than this feud actually is, I'm excited for the blow-off match, and I hope they give them a match on pay-per-view. Uh, I don't even know what pay-per-view is coming next. I want to say it's double or nothing, but I could be wrong about that, and I probably am. So, And then the other qualifying match on Rampage, which was uh, Red Velvet versus... Willow Nightingale. And guys, I watched Willow on that uh, Ring of Honor match for the first time uh, against. I'm forgetting her name. Oh, no. Duh. It was against Mercedes Martinez. I was thinking about the other match for a second. I watched Willow. AQA was who I was thinking of. I watched Willow versus, you know, Mercedes Martinez in that match. And the only thing I will say about this one is. I love Red Velvet, don't get me wrong. And I think that she might have to do this heel thing for a little while before she does um, a baby face. Because she's got a great baby face fire, don't get me wrong. But there's something about her that kind of is, I'm with the crowd. I kind of want to boo her. And she was wrestling someone like Willow. And the crowd was so, the crowd was into the women's match on Rampage. Like all credit in the world to these two ladies, man, because AEW has certainly not helped them at all. But anybody who watched Willow in that Ring of Honor show, you know, despite that terrible botch in the uh, on the moonsault on poor Mercedes Martinez rib cage, uh, which I'm excited to see that follow-up match to Mercedes Martinez, uh, obviously now the only the interim champion, but still. Uh, but yeah, I, I I thought the crowd was so behind Willow, and that made it. To me, it just made me see a different side of red velvet that I'm so willing to get behind. Uh, and the, like I said, the crowd was super into this, so I, I it helps me get even more invested. I just was a little surprised that Willow uh, didn't... What's the word I'm looking for? I just felt like a match against Mercedes Martinez is one thing, so... And then a match against Red Velvet is probably on a little bit of a lower level, and she put up such an amazing fight against Mercedes Martinez. Maybe if commentary, like, talked up the injuries from that match, I would have been a little bit more understanding, but I don't feel like you go and lose to Red Velvet after you have put up such a fight against someone like Mercedes Martinez. Like, there, there's levels to the You guys know what I mean? Um, but I did really enjoy the match as a whole, so... Uh, we had QT Marshall versus uh Swerve Strickland on AEW Rampage as well. I thought that was a good match. Not much to talk about besides the fact that there was that awesome flip spot uh from Swerve Strickland and, and you know, and then I will say QT Marshall getting the uh Sports Entertainer Award of the Week popped me. I really thought that was Chris Jericho doing his best work right now. Uh, but let's let's move on and talk about something that wasn't so good. Let's switch it up here, and then and then we'll get into some more stuff that I really loved. Because for the most part, this is going to be a really positive weekly wrap up, uh, for sure. So let's talk about it, guys. We have to the uh, tables match between the butcher and the blade versus the Hardys. And guys, you know, this match just kind of had a curse on it from the very start. And that curse is the fact that the Hardy Boys are, this is what I was talking about a while ago. And I felt like, you know, they did a good job of just disguising it so far. But you can't have these guys wrestle week back to week, back to week, back to week, 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 back to back to back to back. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You can't have these guys wrestle back to back to back to back all these weeks in a row. These guys are not spring chickens anymore. And you could clearly see it in this match. Uh, really, I felt bad for the Butcher and the Blade, uh, because I think the guys are really a talented tag team, and I really think most of this is on the Hardys. Uh, there was some bad luck with Hardy not going through the table in the beginning and, and things like that, but the amount of time it took Jeff Hardy to climb up that ladder and hit the Swanton Bomb was kind of embarrassing for what we know about Jeff Hardy, uh, and and it really took the realism out of the match because, like, I don't know... <sighs> there's a guy on a table like if i were if i were the blade at that point i would have rolled off the table like it w- wasn't like he was being held down or anything so it just this match the rules were really confusing there shouldn't be an elimination tables match you should just have to put uh only one person through a table or something because that that the rules got confusing and i can't imagine what people felt like in the crowd because they didn't have commentary to at least clarify it later on in the match but then when one of the guys from the teams, I think it was the Butcher, and I think it was Jeff Hardy, got eliminated. They No, it was the Blade? I don't... But still, Jeff Hardy that got eliminated, but then he was the one to put the Blade through the table to win. So that made no sense. Uh, it's just... This match was doomed from the very start. And you know what? I'm just going to try to forget it. And give these guys a couple weeks off, please. Um, don't squeeze all the juice out of the fruit right before we've even kind of gotten there. So... Uh, We still, there's plenty more we can still do with Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy and the Hardy boys, but you just, you can't, it's kind of like, you can't, if I have a steakhouse dinner every night, I'm not going to like the steakhouse dinner, and I wouldn't necessarily call the Hardys a steakhouse dinner, but to a lot of people, they are right now, so, you know, credit to them, but, all right, MJF. Captain Sean Dean, Sean Spears, Wardlow, we gotta talk about this incredible booking that has just been so, so fun and creative and different. And like somehow this feud, guys, is using is using all the terrible tropes about wrestling that I really normally hate, like count outs and disqualifications and stuff like that. And somehow when you knew it was Sean Dean facing Sean Spears, you knew something was coming. Long story go away, Wardlow breaking through. Sean Spears could have won the match, but he's a cocky son of a bitch. And uh, Wardlow coming through the crowd making a distraction, allowing Sean Spears to get the roll-up vict- roll victory, excuse me, surprise roll-up, of course, the worst move in all pro wrestling, but still, at work. That, when used correctly, this whole thing is so well done. It just gets rammed down our throats in, in maybe another company. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but every match doesn't need to be like this because nobody gains anything from this. And really, Sean Dean doesn't necessarily like gain This, like, oh, we think Sean Dean's this incredible wrestler now. But he definitely, like, I'm going to remember the name Sean Dean from this and from the previous CM Punk match, obviously, where CM Punk ended up having MJF lose the match by hitting the GTS on Sean Dean. So Sean Dean's making a name for himself in this, like, somehow... Underneath this whole feud, we've got, we're still building new stars. Like, incredible. What? I, I, I can't think of a, 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 the word to describe it, but it's so incredible. Just the, like, the, the layers to this story. So, obviously, then, you know, next week, we have MJF versus Sean Dean. You kind of expect something to go down. And if it doesn't, at the very least, like, I would say it's probably going to be a countout. But if it's not, then MJF, maybe we just get some heel heat on him by beating the crap out of Shandine. There's so many different routes you can go with this. And I could book as many things as I think of. And I'd still fail to book it as well as AEW has been. So I thought this was so, so well done. And Wardlow, like, I want to be in the crowd for that. Like the way first of all, Wardlow looks like a piece of a man. All right. He looks like a piece of a man. He's doing his man bun correctly again now in those suits. He looks awesome. He is chucking security guards, left, right, center. I'm I'm all about it. And then the crowd is so behind him. The crowd Wardlow is so over and they're doing such a good job by maintaining and keeping him over. So I'm so ready for wherever this goes next. Uh and speaking of being so ready for wherever this goes next, uh, Adam Cole versus Christian Cage to open the show. I want to talk about Samoa Joe, but we will save him for last, obviously, here on this show. Christian Cage versus Adam Cole. Christian Cage, guys, Christian Cage is silently one of the best wrestlers on the roster. And he wrestles a match so differently than a normal match. Like, we're kind of used to Babyface gets the good stuff in the beginning. And then... Uh, heel heat for a little while, and then babyface comeback, and all the variations of all that, and then one of the two wins the match, right? That's kind of the typical formula for a wrestling match. And Adam Cole, really guilty of doing that 99% of the time, Uh, and then cheating and getting the low blow to win every single time. This time it was a rake of the eyes. I'll take it. It's a little bit different, and you know what? Adam Cole needs to continue to cheat to continue to be a heel, apparently, because he's so over. But Christian Cage manages to wrestle different matches. That He took Adam Cole out of the normal Adam Cole comfort zone, I think. And I think Adam Cole, I'm not a pro wrestler, guys, so I don't know. But it looked to me like Adam Cole just let himself be guided by Christian Cage in this moment. And I really, really, really loved this opening match. I was super into it. And I know I'm really into a show when I don't look at my phone the entire time and I was I was like captivated by Christian Cage in this match and some of the bumps were rough and it wasn't like they were doing these super high spots cool moves it helped that the crowd was really hot but yeah I mean whether they be however old Christian Cage is he still wrestles so, like he wrestles to his strengths too and I think that that is really there was a botch or two in this match but I think that you can clearly tell that Christian Cage knows how old he is knows I wish he wouldn't take that headbutt bump, bump um head butt bump yeah uh that that scares me a little bit but other than that guys this was amazing for me christian cage uh losing by getting pinned after the boom and if you notice I'm gonna book that Adam Cole. I've seen this online too, so I'm not gonna steal this one just for myself. I, I didn't come up with this, but I think Adam Cole is gonna hit the boom on uh, Adam Page, and we're gonna get another near fall. Except he's gonna have lowered the knee pad because they're really, really honing in on the fact that if he doesn't lower the knee pad, Adam Page kicks out. I, we're gonna have some kind of awesome near fall from the boom, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. And it, it feels weird saying that the boom. Alright, but last but not least, guys, let's talk about the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Match. Samoa Joe versus Max Caster. And then, you know what? Before I forget, I do want to talk about Cody Rhodes' promo on Raw because I thought it was really, it was noteworthy. And that's kind of AEW-esque, so we're going to talk about that briefly. Uh, and if you don't want to listen to any WWE stuff, then you know that you can just tune out for the last little couple minutes of this podcast. But, excuse me, yeah, I think I said WWE. Uh, but Samoa Joe, uh, the rap first of all, from Max Caster. So over, as always. And these guys are so over. And Anthony Bowens' fire and electricity is so, like, noteworthy. I hope we get to see Anthony Bowens wrestle in a qualifying tournament match as well. But, like, I'm thinking Max Caster as he's going down the ring. Like, like, why Why would you provoke this man anymore? Samoa Joe looks like a killer. I don't care, again, how old he is. You couldn't really see a lot of his age, especially with that kick that he did in the corner. That looked really, really precise and on point. And then, throughout the rest of the match, I'm like, why? Why would you punch him? Just don't hit him. Just take the move and just lay down, Max Caster. Because, really, Samoa Joe looked like a paid assassin in this match. And I thought we were just going to have him in Ring of Honor. But it looks like he's going to be in AEW as well. I'm all for it. And, uh, guys, he might be a sleeper to win this whole thing. Or, at the very least, he's going to get built up for one of these newer guys to beat him and get over. So, I'm all about that. So... That was really great. Like I said, really enjoyed this week of AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage. Now let's talk about the promo. Again, if you're not a WWE person, thank you for listening to the show. And I will talk to you guys next week. But let's talk about this WWE promo on Raw. Cody Rhodes came out and he cut a Cody Rhodes promo, right, guys? He comes out and he goes, so what do you want to talk about? And I, you know what? I feel like I should start my shows off like that. Um, So what do you guys want to talk about? Because... Cody Rhodes somehow some way uh manages to not get a script and be able to just cut his own unscripted promo talking about his dad talking about wanting to win the championship and I thought I said you know what I'm I'm I am tuning in to watch Cody Rhodes in WWE I don't care about any of the other stuff I will skip through all of it but for now he's got me until they put him in the mid card picture guys I am interested in what's going on with Cody Rhodes so I did just want to make a quick mention and just say you know we weren't going to be talking about this for a while because this is an AEW podcast you can go listen to the Raw review which is done by Matt and is a wonderful amazing show and it's what got me into this podcast in the first place so go check that out to hear his thoughts about it we also have a weekend review where I'm sure he's going to be talking about about Cody Rhodes. And from what I heard, Cody Rhodes was on SmackDown as well. I have not watched that, but I'm excited to. And I'm excited to see where this thing with Seth Rollins goes. And I'm excited to see how long they let Cody Rhodes be Cody Rhodes. Maybe it stays like this. I'm not convinced, but I'm definitely willing to be along for the ride. So, all right, guys, with all that being said, thank you as always for tuning into the show. You can follow me on the Twitter, at Mimi Burris. You can follow us at Wrestling Underscore Audio. You can follow Ashley Mann, who's a uh, co-host on this show a lot of the time at ashley manns you can follow mary Grader at mayor underscore bear she's also a co-host on the show you can call zach smith at uh, call you can follow zach smith at zach nxt i'm trying to remember michael ritter is on in twitter as well at michael ritter there's a whole bunch of us go give all the follows um we're all under that w uh wrestling underscore audio as well so go check it all out and thank you as always guys for listening. We're on Patreon for a dollar a month. We're on iTunes for 2.99 a month. All these shows are free and exclusive content. So with all that being said guys, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and I will talk to you next time.